0: Coffee time theology. theology. Yeah.
1: It's Fano and welcome to Coffee Time Theology. Yeah. I'm Stu. And I'm Grace. And we're back. Yay. Yay! Again. Again. Had a few weeks where we haven't been the most, well, quite a while where we haven't been too consistent, and a few weeks we haven't been able to do a podcast. We built a cafe in that time. Pretty exciting. Yeah, which is, which is pretty cool. So if any of you are local to Canterbury and want to come check it out, it's not actually open yet, but, you know, flick us a message if you want to come have a coffee. It's pretty cool. But we're, we're kind of back now.
0: Looking forward to getting back to a bit of a more consistent schedule for you guys.
1: We'll be back to our hopefully weekly podcasts. You know, I can't com- say honestly that there'll never be a week we miss, but...
0: I mean, last time we said there'd be weekly, then we didn't make any for like two years. So I, I don't know if you should jinx it like that. Yikes.
1: We are trustworthy.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we'll, we'll be here?
1: Yeah. Today, we thought we'd talk about the Widow and Orphan. Yeah. Because there's a whole heap of scripture that talks about the widow and the orphan. Mm-hmm. Cool. Can read some of them? James 1. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unsurdained from the world.
0: Or, you know, the classics, good old Exodus twenty two twenty two. You shall not mistreat any widow or fatherless child.
1: Deuteronomy twenty four nineteen: when you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field you shall not go back for it it shall be for the sojourner the fatherless and the widow that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands.
0: Psalm 68 verse 5 father of the fatherless and protector of the widows is God in his holy house.
1: Psalm 146 9 the Lord watches over the sojourners he upholds the widow and the fatherless but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin.
0: Isaiah 1.17, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless and plead the widow's cause. So there's a few. There's, there's a few. A few. Like, there's, there's just a couple. Yeah, there's,
1: like, there's heaps and heaps. Hundreds. And I think the constant reminder throughout scripture about the fatherless, about the widow, about the orphan...
0: About the outsider. About
1: the outsider. Really reveals something about the character of God Mm. and the charge to those who follow God that protecting those who can't protect themselves, speaking up for those who are marginalized, crushed, pushed out, is really important and reveals something about those that society might ostracize, Mm. right? Those who have no voice. God goes, hey, if you have a voice... Use it, you know, use it for those who can't speak for themselves.
0: Yeah. And not even just, this isn't just general advice. It's like, it's actually your job. Mm. It's part of being a human is using your voice to speak up for those people that can't speak up for themselves.
1: Cause I guess some of the, the context is that, you know, the orphan has no one that speaks for them, mm. right? Uh, in a patriarchal society where the father's voice matters, where the parents look after and provide for and your family lineage Mm -hmm. through your father's line generally is really important who's the orphan yeah you know who's the guy who has no one to speak for them
0: i think it's really interesting as well that the amount of verses mentioning the specific thing shows that god's aware that the system excludes people Mm. that every system is created to benefit the people who have the loudest voices in it And some voices will be silenced. And it's the job of the people who have the voices to look for the people whose voices are being silenced and pay pay attention to that and lift them up and fight for them.
1: Because there's a lot of imperfect systems. I mean, the legal system, Mm. if you will, the widow had no one in that space. The widow was not allowed to speak into it there. The orphan is not allowed to speak into the decisions that are being made for them Mm. or not being made for them, but decisions that were being made that affect them. They're not for them. And so in that space, this instruction to go, hey, like, it's your job. It's your job to speak up for those who don't have a voice. It's a pretty important... Um,
0: instruction, I Instruction,
1: guess. yeah. It's a pretty powerful one. And yeah. again, it's over and over and over again.
0: So in the Old Testament times, for widows, a really a really interesting system was set up where someone from her, her husband's family would be assigned the role of her legal representative, and it might be her father-in-law or her brother-in-law, or it could be some distant cousin that she'd never met who lived ages away and didn't actually know or care about her. Mm. And the point of appointing someone specific was a recognition that an instruction given to a general group of people probably won't be listened to as much as an instruction given to an individual. But again, the individual didn't, it didn't always work. So the instruction still had to be given to everybody. Mm. And our current system isn't a whole lot better mm. when representing people who don't have a voice.
1: And then we come to the, the theology. You know, mm. if we just overtly name it in Coffee Time Theology. You oh, know, shocker, we're talking whoa. about
0: theology. There's oh. this
1: belief about God. That we, you know, we've talked about this is, what, does, what does this say about God? Yeah. You know, there's this belief that God cares about everyone, you know, everyone is valued, everyone is loved, everyone is worth something and needs to be looked after. Mm-hmm. And in that space, there's this element of justice yeah. that comes alongside of going, hey, okay, you who are in power, well, you can speak for yourself. The instruction yeah. that comes through this is, hey, these people have no voice. These people have no authority.
0: And they have no power. And they
1: have no power. You with the power, you with the voice, it's your job. Yeah. And it's your job because of inequality, essentially. Mm. You know, in the space of, of everyone holds the same inherent value in that they are human. They are a child of God. They, they hold this yeah, innate value, but for whatever reason, their voice isn't heard. Yeah. And I think that yeah, there's, there's lots of, of things that underpin that. I guess there's the the understanding that God loves you. Cool. You know, like, that's awesome. Not only does God love you, God loves you. And so if you were in a marginalized space, God would want you to be advocated for. Yeah. You know, this charge of going, no, no, no. Like, actually, I need my people to advocate for my children who are hurting Mm -hmm. and I need my people to advocate for my children who are in a space where they can't advocate for themselves. Yeah. And I think it has this interesting dichotomy. No, maybe dichotomy. You're like, what do you mean? Uh, And that, you know, speaking for someone is really good until it becomes disempowering.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, like, Hey, there's someone who can't speak for themselves. I want to represent them and get to them get them to a point where they can speak for themselves. You know, yeah. this advocacy space is, hey, we want to help you. And in some spaces that might be, I'm speaking on your behalf.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in some spaces that might be, I'm standing next to you while you speak for yourself. Yeah. And I think this instruction for the, the widow and the orphan carries both of those.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's really easy to look at the orphan in that space, um, to look at the orphan and go, hey, while you're a child, you know, there's someone who's, helping you make decisions or speaking on your behalf because you're a child. But at some point you're no longer a child. Yeah. And so how does that support advocacy journey move to a space of no longer speaking on behalf, but speaking next to or mm. speaking beside?
0: All of this, I think has really interesting implications when we look at what it means to be a Christian today. Mm. It's so easy to sort of skip past these verses in the bible because widows and orphans while yes people needing specific care they aren't the most marginalized they aren't the people
1: we've come a long way yeah for widows and orphans you know there are spaces where orphans voice is heard there are spaces where a widow's voice is heard in fact in western society There's no legislative reason most of the time where the widow's voice would be discounted. Mm. Like there was. 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago.
0: But for the average person reading these verses, you read them and you think, care for the widows and orphans, cool. Um, There's nothing I can do there. Mm. That's as much taken care of as I am able to participate in. Cool, I'll just skip it.
1: Yeah, I'll skip it. I'll move on. Uh, That has
0: nothing to say to me. Anymore,
1: but the heart behind it—you mm. know, the the God who sits behind these words—yeah,
0: the God who is revealed through Scripture
1: cares about the marginalized, mm. the uh, the people who can't speak for themselves, and I think that's a challenge that sits amongst everything. I mean, it is the heart of Christian social justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we believe God wants us to care about those who are oppressed. Full stop. Yeah. It is not just a polite request. It is an instruction from God that we are to do this.
0: That we are to care for the people who society doesn't care for, who are excluded by the systems that exist.
1: It's a massive statement. You know, Mm -hmm. when when you step back and think about it, this talks about everything from those who are shunned in society for choices those who are shunned because of circumstances those in other parts of the world who never get the same opportunities mm. you know like this command essentially calls out privilege yeah you know it's in my opinion the reading of this is going hey what there are those less pri- privileged than you
0: what you are we have doing a voice
1: because of where you sit it's your job to speak for those who wouldn't be listened to
0: mm-hmm.
1: or empower those who wouldn't be listened to and it's really big. Like It's a, it's a very big instruction.
0: It was like, that covers absolutely everything from Black Rights Matter to disability advocacy to looking after the rainbow community to absolutely everything. Through to,
1: to uh, human trafficking.
0: Like fair trade. All of
1: these things that are huge and not not controversial. mm There's a ridiculous amount of political capital tied up in all of these things. Yeah. People who will argue black and blue either way.
0: Yeah. But one thing that I also find really, I don't know, personally challenging reading these verses is that things didn't change from how they were 2000 years ago for widows and orphans because of people caring individually for individual widows and orphans. They changed by people calling out the systems and pointing out the systems that oppress them, and working to change them over time,
1: while also caring for individuals. Yeah, like it is this this fascinating space of both are important. You know, yeah,
0: it's the caring for one changes mm. the world for that one. Calling out the system that creates the issue, issue in the first place, hopefully changes it for all of them.
1: Mm. Or if not them, their children. Yeah, you know, and that's the the space that this instruction sits in.
0: Mm. Like you said before, though, I think there's the danger in it of running full force into caring for people in the way that you think is best. You didn't say it exactly like that, but that's how I interpreted it. Like, I know of uh, people who have been really, really passionate about social justice situations and have fought and advocated for something. And then the people in the community that they were advocating for said, Why did you do that? We didn't ask for that and we don't want that. Mm. Thanks, I guess. I'm glad that you care, but could you fight for something that actually helps us? (laughs) There's this concept for people working within the disability community nothing about us without us. Where, like, if you're designing a building and you need it to be accessible to disabled people, but you have nobody who is disabled in any way helping you design that building, is it actually going to be helpful or is it only going to be enabled body persons? idea of what is helpful and so having the ability to sit beside somebody and share an actual voice Mm. helps so much in bringing the conversation along and and changing things in ways that actually benefit people
1: Mm. and this this whole thing it's a it's one of these these challenges of theology Mm. right it's easy to make a statement that we think slavery is bad we think we should engage in activities that don't benefit from slavery. You mm-hmm. know, the classic and classic for a reason social justice thing around coffee is fair trade coffee mm-hmm. or fairly traded coffee. Yeah. You know, and it's easy to conceptually agree. It's even easy, at least in New Zealand, to step out and go, OK, well, there's two coffees there They're the same price. One of them says it's fairly traded. The other one says it's not. At that point, it's easy. Yeah. It's a lot harder when they cost more money or when no Mm -hmm. one's looking. It's also easy to have that as a statement and a position and like a held theology without impacting you at all.
0: Yeah. Without doing anything about it.
1: Because like you said, the the big changes, Mm -hmm. the big changes come from lobbying. You know, advocating big scale changes, yeah, not necessarily the small. Like, oh, here's a here's a widow. I'm going to support them, and so it's easy to to forget about that theological stance mm. in your day to day life. I think, and I think it's always really important to step back and go, "Hey, what do I care about this? Mm. Do I care about this theological stance? Do I care about this command that I find in scripture?"
0: Is my life and my day-to-day choices reflecting what I think my ethical decisions, my ethical viewpoint is, Mm. or actually am I being a little bit of a hypocrite in my day-to-day choices? It's a hard question. It's a
1: hard question, and it's a big question on all aspects of theology and ethics and beliefs.
0: Mm. There's something about living out our ethics in a passive way versus living out our ethics in an active way, Mm. right? And I've heard this described in terms of, you know, racism is a thing I think most people agree is bad, but for wider scale social change to happen to the point where people don't experience racism or racial injustice or microaggressions in their day-to-day life, is it enough to yourself not be racist or do you need to be anti-racist? To actually stand up against it yourself, even if it's not something that you experience. And I think
1: that's what these scriptures are about. Mm -hmm. That's what this heart is about. It's not saying that, hey, you personally go around beating widows and orphans in ancient times. You know, like it wasn't...
0: Even if you do, don't.
1: Well, yes, if you do, stop it. But those of you who don't, those of you who don't actively oppress... It's your job to be the voice against oppression as well as not actively oppressing.
0: You need to see that as happening and you need to fight it on behalf.
1: So those are some big challenges, I guess, when it comes to this theological kind of belief, right? Yeah. Everyone's worth it. God loves everyone and God calls us to advocate and support those who aren't and use our voice to make a difference for those who aren't at the table.
0: Actively, it's your job to be an ally for those who need one. Hmm. Right, to to recognise your privilege and to say, well, I've got this privilege and there's nothing I can do to change it, but I'm going to use it to change the world. I'm going to use it to help people who need helping. So, until next time, take a deep breath, drink some more water, know that you're a love, and have a wonderful day. Bye! Bye.